Well, the curtain's about to rise, and you don't want to miss opening night, because we're talking movies. We're talking Asteroid City, starring Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, and Tom Hanks, written by Roman Coppola and Wes Anderson, who also directed Chris. I still don't understand the play. Listen, I love her, but I hate her face. She should do more radio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? As Scott said, we are going to be talking about Asteroid City, the 2023 release from Mr. Wes Anderson. Uh, And Scott, before I send it over to you, I mean, that quote really works because, I mean, I've kind of got a face for radio. Over to you. I just love the (laughs) self-deprecating that you do. Don't you normally call it uh, self-defecating? That's your favorite kind of self-defecating humor? (laughs) That that is the self. Uh, that is the best kind. But we normally do that uh, on the uh, poop pod, uh, available <laughs> on Wednesdays. So <laughs> <laughs> that's only on our OnlyFans. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay, so it's our number two. Hold on, hold on. One more. It's our number oh, two. Oh, it's our number two show. <laughs> oh, fucking beat a dead horse here. All right. So here's the thing. Wes Anderson. He's a hit are a really big miss for me. And to be fair, there's a lot more misses than hits. I'm going to say this one's uh, an in-betweener because there was more that I enjoyed from this film than than I didn't enjoy. And since art is subjective, I'm like, I'm going to give you what my impression of this film is. No, oh, I mean you're this, you're kind it, of on the show. That's that's I think why you're supposed to be here. So let's yeah. Your... But let me see if this is what you got out of it. Uh, this film is exactly what it tells you it is at the beginning. This movie is an opening night of an off Broadway play, so that's why the actors have the opening night jitters. You know, they're delivering their lines a little too fast. People are missing their cues. You know, the set direction is getting moved very quickly because, you know, they haven't gotten into the um, into the flow of what the play is, which usually happens later on. And that's what I got out of this movie. Man, that's uh, that's more than I got. I uh, I basically was like, this is yet another self-indulgent film. Uh, at the end of a list of kind of self-indulgent films. I mean, I used to be a big fan of Wes Anderson's earlier work uh, because he has this very kooky way of telling stories, but he was still telling like kind of narrative stories, right? Um, Whether it's like The Life Aquatic or Royal Tannenbaums, uh, which I mean, are both, you know, films I very much enjoy, Rushmore uh, and Moonrise Kingdom. Moonrise Kingdom to me is actually probably the last time he was really doing a good job of balancing his kookiness and his storytelling. And it's kind of gone downhill from there. Um, I mean, the French dispatch to me was almost like unwatchable as a whole film. Again, like I can appreciate the work Mr. Anderson does. I think he's he's very clever and interesting, Um, but he's now fallen into the realm of like David Lynch, where he's like, I can do shit because I'm Wes Anderson. So I'm just going to do that shit, which great. You know, I mean, He's uh, making himself happy. Uh, You know, he's making his diehard fans happy. Like I said, it's a fun 
piece of cinema. It's it's not even that. It's a a fun palette to look at. But as a what's this thing like a hundred and three minutes or whatever hundred five. It's too 45. long. It just doesn't. It just did. It, it was not interesting enough to keep me engaged. It would be like every once in a while, I'd be like, ah, that's clever. Uh, also, dolly shots, dolly shots, dolly shots, like fucking dolly shots everywhere. So I don't know. I don't even know if I answered your fucking question at this point. Well, <laughs> yeah, but with the dolly shots, that's why I got into the whole like, you know, this is just the kind of play, right? Because it like the dolly shots kind of like the curtain closing and then coming back out because now you have your new scene kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like I agree, like. Well, like I said, he has way more misses for me than hits. What's your favorite? Um, what is your favorite Wes Anderson film? I like Life Aquatic. Yeah, that's fine. Right? We, we we went through this already. Yeah, I remember but not, sometimes people tune. On... This is their first show, and they they want the backstory, the the Scott backstory, the Scott biopic, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah. no, I, I like Life Aquatic, um, but yeah, like to me, I, I'm more. Like what was the, I'm I'm sure you have the numbers. What was the budget for this movie? Twenty five million. Because yeah, man, how much how much did Jeff Goldblum get paid to just like sit in the background chair and then just like sneeze? Oh, I mean, like you listed kind of like the main people, but we've got Jason Schwartzman, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Adrian Brovery, Liv Schreiber, Hope Davis, Stephanie Park, Rupert Friend. Maya Hawk, Steve Carell, Matt Dillon, Hong Chow, William Defoe, Margot Robbie, Tony Rivoli, Jake Ryan, and Jeff Goldblum. Like, what's the what's what's the budget? And I feel like we've talked about this before when we've referenced Wes Anderson. Like, these guys have to be working for scale. Either that, or this yeah, film I cost a um... hundred dollars to make, and the rest all went to uh, cast uh, wages. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think um, Edward Norton already, like, did a quote or something like that saying, you know, he doesn't make, you know, he doesn't get paid. <laughs> like, he makes no money doing the these kind of, um, these films. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember what the exact quote was, but yeah, he was like, it, it's the reason why he does all the other films, right? Just so he can do these quirky like character piece films with uh wes anderson because he's like he's getting paid in like catering or something like that yeah that's about it and i think this is the first one that bill murray has not been in since bottle rockets because i think the first one is rushmore with him uh and he was supposed to he just he got covid so he couldn't be in the film because they started shooting when and he was sick so um that's like, like, yeah, like a lot of these people, Jason Schwartzman, uh, again, we've seen both William Defoe and um, do, 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 do. you were just talking about him. Edward Norton. Edward Norton, B, they've yeah, been right. a lot of his films and stuff, too. So uh, I think Tom Hanks must have been filling in for the Bill Murray role. It feels yeah. like that was a, the Bill Murray role, right? So Yeah, that, that, I was going to do the joke, like, in the intro and, like, and playing in the Bill Murray role you have cast tom hanks but i thought oh i guess not but i thought there was something wasn't there like some scandal with bill murray or something like that and that's why. i mean the official line is covid i mean i know that bill murray at the time there was like i think some harassment allegations i don't know if they were just normal ones or sexual ones or whatever so it might have been kind of like 
a perfect storm or, or, you know, a good exit stage, right. Pursued by bear kind of thing. Like, Oh, he's got COVID and it takes a bit of the heat off. Who knows? The reality is he's not in the film. I think Tom Hanks did a fine job. Again, everything's done very deadpan. And again, like it gets kind of tiresome because like it's interesting until you're bored of it. You know what I mean? You know, everyone's Mm -hmm. kind of delivering their lines very similar in a very similar manner. Um, You're not really in. you, You don't actually ever get really that invested. In my opinion, I definitely did not get invested in any of the characters. So you don't really care what their story arc is. So again, this movie could have been five minutes long or 500 minutes long. It's going to have the same effect, except one took more time out of my time. Um, although it did do well at the box office. It, like I said, as we were saying, it had a $25 million budget, did 54 in, in the theater. Uh, I'm sure they're getting some moolah on the streaming services. So, you know, good for him. Uh, most of the like kind of criticism or not even criticism, like, critics said if you really like Wes Anderson you're gonna like this film but if you're not a huge fan anymore or ever you're probably not gonna like it and I mean I totally agree with that um that statement or sentiment mm-hmm. well I'm gonna do um a little Miss Cleo here I'm gonna make a you know future prediction here I'm gonna say uh Wes Anderson wins at this Academy Awards for best picture get the f- best film what the fuck are you talking about? Yes. Yeah, they're going to oh give him the shorts. God. They're going to give him the shorts. The shorts? Short film. It's not yeah, a short film. short film. Yeah, but he also released at the same time on Netflix the four short films. Like The po- Poison, The Rat Catcher, The Swan, and oh, like, okay. The Incredible Life. Okay, okay, okay. So, I mean, that's that's an uh, you need to make that clarification. You're not talking about for this film. No, no. For the I, this film, like... I'm going to say set design or produ- like production design because it is quirky. And, and I love the, um, the little nuances they put like in the garage, in the service station. I don't remember what the exact thing was, but it was something like um, ride deadly tires or something like death defying tires for five cents. Mm. It was like a little sign they had there. And then on when they have the the Margot Robbie like um cameo all the signs on the um the marquees of the theaters were pretty fucking funny too yeah I mean and and you know what that'll be interesting to see come Oscar nomination time the kind of craft awards that uh Wes Anderson begin I mean I can't see him being competitive in, in in any of the big races with you know Oppenheimer Barbie uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon. Those are kind of the big ones right off the top of my head uh, that are going to be going up for Best Picture. Um, I mean, it did get nominated for the Palme d'Or at, at Cannes. I mean, so, you know, there was that. Uh, one of the things that might like, so my quote this week is from Adam Graham from the Detroit News. And I think this really just sums up my whole opinion of the film. It's all very cute, but not much else. As the story remains locked inside Anderson's dollhouse and is inaccessible to all but his most ardent fans. And I'd be like, yeah, man, I mean, I think I've got I've already said, like, my kind of big piece on this is that it looks very nice. It gets very boring. It's clever until it's not. Uh, You've got all these great stars, but like you're really not asking them to do much because again they all kind of play their characters in a very similar manner so that even the actors themselves don't 
have any of the range um, that they would normally have. Like they don't have any latitude, right? They're very, it's a very structured piece. It's very much controlled by Wes Anderson as a director. Um, did you watch this with like your kids or anything like that? Cause it's no, kind no, of cool I, to get... I watched it. No, this one I watched by myself. Um, but like, I don't see what you're saying, like in terms of investment, cause, cause that's the thing, right? Like you have, you have a person who's playing these roles, but then it stops halfway and you're seeing them as the actor that's playing this role. And then you get their kind of like drama life's like background story that I don't think I think like to me, I think some of those were like a lot more interesting, like Adrian, um, Adrian Brody being the director of the play, you know, and he only kind of really took it because he was getting divorced or whatever. His wife was leaving him for a baseball player. And then he's living in the background, like on set of this play. Uh, but you don't, you don't see him that much, right? He just has like the, the kind of like lines kind of thing that's supposed to be the motivation, right? But even those, like I said, those characters, like, so he's a perfect example. It's a very kind of narrow performance. Again, very deadpan not a lot of like dramatic range. Even the way that like the timber and the tone and the pacing, the way they all kind of talk like this, like it's yeah, very. Like, I would be perfect for a West Anderson. Yeah, film. you could play all the fucking roles in West Anderson. <laughs> Speaking of which, if you're uh, if you're uh, only tuning in on audio, uh, Scott's got a, an Asteroid City background, and that with a Star Wars shirt, it makes him look like he's on like Tatooine or something like that. So uh, I just want to sh- give that shout out uh, well, to the people I'm, that are I'm only trying to. I'm trying to, you know, hit both worlds, right? Asteroid City and the aliens. Like, come on. Right. So what? So where is there going to be an like an alien aliens showing up? Like Ripley? Um, that, that, oh, you just you just wasted it. That was the end. That was the end piece. That was going to be ah, the chest there's going to be a, a chest a now, chest. Uh, now I can't puncher. do it. Fuck. Um, so you watch this by yourself. Do you recommend it? Mm-hmm. Like, what's your what's your uh, recommendation? No, I think you're right. Uh, like, if you like Wes Anderson. You know, this is maybe your cup of tea, right? But that's the thing. Like he, I think he's, I don't want to say for the general audience because he has a fan base, but like he is very quirky. Like it's very not like anything else. Like none of his movies are like anything else because it is kind of, I would say a lot of his films, like to me, it's like, plays on camera but it's literally like it's not like you're watching the hamilton on disney plus right it's like this is a play we're gonna make it a movie but we're still gonna act like a play because you know we're gonna move the sets behind the actors while they're in performance kind of thing so i think you know you have to be prepared and there wasn't many like for i think this was labeled as a comedy there there isn't many laughs in this movie at all yeah it's very like just droll again right like in that almost like british it's not even dry humor it's just dry and so things can be comical just because they're so like ridiculous or i don't even want to use the word over the top but just kind of farcical you know what i mean yeah like the only thing i kind of laughed at was the um 
the vending machine that had the real estate. I was just going to say that, actually. And the way Steve Carell describes that, right? He's like, well, you yeah. just do this and then you put in the money and you, uh, well, how big is, how big, how, how big is the piece? It's half the size of a tennis court. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, actually, when the guy, one guy actually does it, he goes, actually, you don't have the land. It's a 50 year lease that you're investing in and it might be worth something after. <laughs> right. But yeah, like his, his performance, like Carl's performance, was one of my favorites in this film. One, like his line, like, what kind of juice would you like? Apple, what was it? Apple, orange, or tomato? Tomato, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the one where they're burying the Tupperware and he's in the background and he, re like, you see that he sees what it's doing and then he takes off his hat, puts it to his heart because, you know, He's like he's attending a funeral, like in, and that's in listen. An that's something that Wes Anderson is like known for, like just minuscule detail. Like you could you could play a five minute. That's why actually I don't think his films need to be that long. Like he should just make them shorter, and then people maybe will rewatch them and rewatch them because there's like layers upon layers, sort of like an ogre or an onion or a parfait. Um, and the more you watch it, the more you can see all that stuff in the background. You can see how characters are in, in, in the most minute way, like interacting with what's happening in the foreground. Um, and again, like I said, that's that's what Wes Anderson is really known for. Uh, I mean, the critics gave it a 75, the audience 62, which I think makes it kind of in the same realm as the new Marvel, Miss Marvel's movie or Marvel's movie or whatever. So. I don't know if that's a good – I don't know if 60% is, is good enough for Mr. Anderson at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know either. Have you watched any of the shorts on Netflix? I, I have not. I have not. There, it's pretty much everything you're saying. Uh, there's only one that's 45 minutes. Every other one's 17 minutes. But it's all like narration. One character's narrating all the scenes while you're walking through it. But – I'll have to I'll have to check them out, and it'll be interesting to see if you are right if he does uh, submit for the shorts. Uh, I do want to bring up his cinematographer Robert Yeoman. Obviously, he's not obviously so. Mr. Yeoman's done all of Wes Anderson's films from the very beginning, uh, but I pulled pulled pulled, up, pulled out some of its his other filmography. So he did Bridesmaids, he did Whip It, he did Dogma, and he did Drugstore Cowboy. So he's worked with like a lot of like funky indie director types, right? So. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't consider any of those like cinematic masterpieces, but definitely all interesting films. You know what I mean? Now, the thing, this whole conversation we've had, um, I'm super surprised you haven't started or, or done your usual nepotism, baby. Are, are you talking about that. because of the Coppola's or what? Yeah, because Roman Coppola is Francis Ford Coppola's son, and he's been writing all these. I mean, the whole Coppola, like, family is just, like, one big Nepo baby experiment, right? From <laughs> Seriously, <experiment>. like, whether <laughs> it's Nicolas Cage, Sophia, her brothers, Francis, obviously, uh, and then some other minor Coppolas. I mean, the, the Coppolas could be the Royal Tannenbaums, you know what I mean? So... Maybe they are. Did he write the Royal Tannenbaums? Uh, I would have to see if uh, a Coppola I'm was involved right in now that. for you. But well, Roman's the one that he wrote. Uh, da, da, what did he da, yeah. write? Anyway, he wrote Asteroid City, French Dispatch, Isle of Dogs, Moonrise Kingdom, 
and the Darji Limited. No, he didn't write yeah. the Tenenbaums. So, anyway, I got. Monot- I don't really have much more to say about this. If you like Wes Anderson, you know, check it out. Uh, it's on streaming, so you can watch it until you don't want to watch it anymore, and then just turn it off. And that will whatever your fill of this film is, that will be okay. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. To, to be honest, I, I liked I liked your little piece there uh, about you know however long you want to watch it. That's that's your film because technically there is no fucking ending to this movie. Yeah, it's not like you're like oh my god if you stop watching before the last five minutes the big twist happens. Like yeah. you you could start this movie in the middle, <laughs> like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like you could literally watch any portion of this film for uh, a period of time and you'd be like, yeah okay that's cool I get it man. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.